Hey, what's going on, Clipper fans? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast, just a couple of best friends and Clipper credentialed media folks who bring you Lockdown Clippers five days a week. Seven in the morning. It's, it's a fun hang. But it's not just us today. Today, no. we're joined by the fabulous Miriam Swanson. You can read her work at the OC Register. Miriam, how's it going? It's going swell. Good to see you guys. <laughs> That was enthusiastic. I like We're it. We're ready. It's a, yeah. It's a, it's Hitting a good the ground start. I'm like tired already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, let's, let's go. Let's line playoff round. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to be talking more playoff stuff. We're going to kind of start uh, focusing on the Clippers offense, uh, sort of how that stacks up against the Mavs defense. And then in the second segment, we'll be looking more at how the Clippers can sort of game plan to defensively slow down the Mavs. And then in segment three, we're just going to be kind of talking some, some general things we're looking at sort of from this series, uh, as well as if the start time of game one could affect the series overall. Oh, God. Uh, so all that and more coming up right about now. But first, got to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, which I do. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Welcome to the Clippers offense versus Mavs defense talk. Miriam, what is the biggest threat to the Clippers being able to execute offensively, given how good they've looked this season? Like, what do you think is standing in their way from this Mavs defense? Um, I mean, I, I, I don't see the Mavs being able to slow down the Clippers perimeter shooting right. very much. I mean, I don't think they have enough um, on the on the wing to or on the perimeter you know, the Clippers are such a juggernaut from three. Um, so that's going to be a challenge for them. I, I honestly, I think the Clippers' biggest challenge on offense is the Clippers. And, and there's <laughs> these these turnover issues that have sprouted up of late. Um, obviously, they're still putting pieces together and bringing guys in and, and figuring that out. But um, if, if the Mavs can, um, you know, make them give the ball away, then that's uh, something they've been prone to do. So... Yeah, um, that that would help Dallas and hurt the Clippers. Yeah, I don't even think the Mavs need to make the Clippers get the ball away. <laughs> Sometimes Paul George will just hurl it to an opposing offensive, like assistant coach. Like, so. I was going to say, like <laughs> opposing off the court. Yeah. 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 Do you think that the turnovers thing it's going to come down more on sort of who's running the point, or is this something that kind of falls on the shoulders of like the higher usage forwards like Kawhi and Paul George, or what do you see as like sort of being able to overcome some of these kind of turnover difficulties? Is it just reps? Um, I, I, I think, I think it, it's going to be really interesting because the playoffs, I think, you know, everyone's going to be super uh, focused once playoffs start, you would, you would assume. Um, and I think that will cut down on a lot of it because I feel like whether it's the point guards, you know, Rondo is such a fantastic and flashy pantser that, you know, sometimes he goes for it when maybe he shouldn't, yeah. right? That Terrence Which... Mann bounce dunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, and so, like, as a person who loves watching fun basketball, like, never never stop, Rondo. Um, but as <laughs> if, you have, if you're a Clipper fan, you might want to be like, we'll stop sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but, uh, so I think, but I don't think he's going to, I think he is such a like you know playoff rondo is going to be pretty sharp um in those moments so i, I don't expect a lot of those kind of miscues from him um and i think too like i think paul george 
you know, is not a point guard and he's been, you know, a ball handler so much this year and that's been part of his job. And he's really been, you know, accepting of the challenge and enthusiastic about the challenge, but it is a challenge. Um, and it takes a lot of focus to, to be that person, <laughs> yes. to play that role. And like you said, sometimes, you know, these, you know, if there were fans, he'd be knocking the popcorn out of their hands every now and then. So, um, you know, but, but again, like, I think once playoffs come on, that that focus intensifies and i think they will do a lot to sort of cut down in it themselves um and i guess reps a little bit too but i think i think focus will help the reps thing is interesting because you know Ty Lu famously kind of breaks new things out in the playoffs but i'm a little curious as to with how little continuity we've had like what possible surprises we could see from Ty Lu because it feels like everything's going to be a surprise because we haven't even had a healthy squad for most of the season no, exactly. I mean, like, <laughs> what, what, what won't be new? I mean, it's going to be yeah. new. Just <laughs> like, you're like, let's try this, these fellas together. Well, you know, that's never happened before just because they've never all been healthy at one time. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's going to be really interesting to see what Ty has up his sleeve because he definitely will have something. What do you since, guys think? So, well, so I'm just wondering, since you brought up Rondo, uh, what do either of you all think about who is going to be like the main guard or the first sub in uh, with Pat Bev's kind of minutes restriction? Are we going to see more Rondo or are we going to kind of go back to Reggie who did run the offense for the majority of the season? Uh, Or is it going to be a matchup dependent kind of a thing? I think it's Rondo. I think Ty shown a bunch of trust immediately with Reggie. He's known him since the Boston days. So I think that goes back to it. And just the amount of, yeah, the amount of trust we've seen from, the team, you know, they let him, they took him a couple of days to just be an assistant coach for a couple of days, basically, and hang out on the sidelines. And that really paid off. And I think that Ty Lue is, de- I think Rondo is like firmly the, the second, the first sub, at least for the point of guard position. Yeah. So I, you know, matchup dependent in that if it's a playoff matchup, I think Rondo's <laughs> the first one. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Not a lot uh, of faith in, in Reggie in no, this chat. I, I, no, we, I love I, Reggie, I, dude. No, I, I think, yeah, I think Reggie's going to play a big part of what they do, but I think when they're going for that guy to drive the, drive the bus, you know, um, in the right after Rondo's Pat. the bus driver. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm really excited to see. I mean, I think we're all just excited to see kind of playoff Kawhi and PG. The ramp up for them is seeming like it's taken a little longer than usual, just with the bone edema and then kind of this curious Kawhi hand thing that we're all pretending to not think about, at least from a fan perspective. Um, but I think I actually think Paul George might have a bit of a better round than Kawhi from the just in terms of maybe overall scoring. Just in terms of, I think Kawhi's maybe still getting there a little bit. Um, I, 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 you know, I'm, I don't, there was no reason to play Kawhi in any of those last two games, but from a, it'd be nice to see you do something really awesome before the playoffs. It would have been cool. Um, but I think PG's a little better at kind of like hitting the ground running, if that makes sense. Um, Kawhi needs a little bit more ramp up. And I think PG with the second unit, he's going to eat a lot more than um, people are going to think. Yeah, so I keep kind of flip-flopping back and forth on this as to, like, in terms of just numbers and filling the stat sheet, like, who's going to have, you know, the, the better playoff series. Um, and I think it, it does really come down to how they choose to stagger them. I mean, I think it would be safe to assume that one of the two is going to be on the floor at all times. And I think that we'll I see so. – I think that, I mean, at least from what we've seen so far, we're going to see a lot more of Paul George staggered in with that second unit. And I think if that's the case, 
if things are going well, I would expect him to kind of take over the lion's share of the scoring um, over Kawhi in those moments. But, you know, once again, that kind of depends on like if the game is like going to our game plan or if things are really close and, and it comes to a down the stretch thing, I think then uh, it's, you know, then it'll definitely be Kawhi because he is the better of the two isolation scorers. And um, he just has a little bit more, I, I don't know, confidence or charisma or, or, or something. When I don't when think it's, it's charisma. <laughs> well, when it's like you know, when when it's like Kawhi, when it's like Kawhi go get us a bucket. I just feel like right. maybe okay, he, he sure. steps up to the plate or a little bit more, or he he just has a little bit more experience doing it maybe than Paul George does. Yeah, that's a good call. He's got the RoboCop charisma. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. He's just marching to his spot. Um, we talked about Kawhi PG. What, man? What other guy do you think is going to have a big first round offensively for the Clippers? Zoo. Ooh, right. okay. Even without the nap in the first game, it's going to be an interesting. Well, we'll uh, <laughs> asterisk on that one. You know. Yeah, the, na- the nap game. As long as he gets a nap, I think Zoo. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he just is good against Dallas, and you know, yeah. like and he um, knows it. Yeah, we even like I asked him about it today, and he was like, "Yeah, I am pretty good against Dallas." <laughs> and it's so funny to hear him show confidence like that because he yeah. doesn't talk no, about stuff yeah. like that. he's not like yeah. i'm the best guy on the court but he's like yeah no, no i know i play well against dallas and, and I'm, if, if you thought well that was good wait till you do it and see what i do you know it's kind of yeah. more that's what he said <laughs> like yeah wait till you see this one <laughs> so um i think he's a lot i also think he's you know, confident after this season as a whole but um but he definitely feels comfortable against dallas and, and i'm sure they'll try to mix it up on him and they'll pay a lot of attention to him but um he's proven himself and um that that would be my pick and if Kleba's out too, that adds a whole, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's yep. one less body that can go against him. Um, yep. Will, who do you got real quick before we head to this next segment? Uh, since he didn't get any love in the guard conversation, I'm going with Reggie <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> I, think that, uh, I, I think that he could end up having a game in this series where he's like four or four from three and has like 15 points and he's super efficient. And it's like, uh, you know, whether in that game we need it or we don't, it'll still always be welcome. Yeah, yeah, everyone's going to be tweeting Reggie Jackson's on a vet minimum contract, which is just always a good time. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking on the other side of the ball, how the Clippers can hopefully defend the Mavs well. But first, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models of vehicles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand the warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to Rock Auto at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, which makes me feel old every single time I say it. That's an old website. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? It doesn't make any sense. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com okay so we're back with segment two and we're going to talk a little bit uh we're going to zero in on sort of the clippers defense and how they can slow down the mass i mean i guess the biggest part of the equation is luca 
there are, you know, several different kind of looks that we can throw him, throw at him, even just in that starting lineup. So do we think that it really matters who's going to start on him or is it just going to be sort of a litmus test on, you know, who's doing well uh, or will we just jump to Morris again, kind of spending time on him? I was going to say, I hope it's Morris just from purely a agitation factor. We saw <laughs> Morris play AD so physically in that last game against the Lakers. Morris has really hit a stride with this defense. It seems like kind of in the tail end of this season. Um, so I, I hope we start with it with Morris. Um, yeah, I think I could see them definitely starting with him, but I think he's going to get a steady dose of everyone from Morris to PG to Kawhi to Pat Bev to Zoom mm-hmm. even, you know, uh, honestly, yes. like, like yeah. Tide likes to do that every now and then, like put Zoom, you know, to just mess with dudes. Um, <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> but, Classic but coach can, move. Right. Um, so I, and, and then you, you mix, I mean, those are some pretty good defenders. And then you, you know, if, if the bulk of that is Morris doing his, his tough guy thing, yeah, um, Luca's pretty amazing though, so it, it's going to be fun to watch. I yeah, I, it's going to be interesting what we take away from him. I'm hoping we take away the scoring and just try and hope everyone else on the Mavs beats us, but that feels like a gamble too because they have so many shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping Pat Bev looks. I'm not entirely sure what to expect from Pat Bev in this first round. If I'm being totally honest, like I have no idea what his level of play is going to be at. I'm happy we got time to get him right and kind of get basically a mini training camp before these playoffs, but like. I mean, Serge looks infinitely better than Pat Bev in the return. So I hope Pat Bev can come out strong and help on Luca because I think that's going to be kind of a – not pivotal because we do have so many good wing defenders, but that'll that'll make things a lot easier than it probably should be. Yeah. I, yeah, it's it's hard to – I mean, Serge did look really good in those, those two games for – as not good as the Clippers looked. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's – going to be really interesting and, and possibly really telling to see how Pat Bev looks early Oof. on in the series. Yeah, that's a good call because I'm not sure what to – yeah, I mean, I've, I flip-flop on if I expect him to make it out of the whole playoffs, right? And that's not even a knock on Pat Bev. He just has injuries that are an issue. Um, and same with Serge's back. I think the back's okay. But back tightness, as we've seen, seems like quite a lingering thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do we think yeah. that Pat is in a better spot, like just physically, than he was in last year's playoffs? Oh, good call. That's right, because he had the calf. It was a calf. Yeah, yeah. yeah, calf or hammy, one of the back part of your legs. Um, I think he has to be right because he did not look right in the bubble at all. So I, you know, like I'm, I'm expecting a, a better playoff series from Pat than than we got last year, but I, I don't know. It's it just like. He is one of the most like nerve-inducing kind of players on the court <laughs> from a from a health health perspective. And he tends yeah. to foul when he's coming back too. So I'm worried about his foul trouble a little bit. I mean, playoff whistles a little tighter usually, and just getting back from injury, Bev kind of likes to foul people. Um, so just availability on the court will be big too. How do you think Kristaps Porzingis gets dealt with? I think we're going to see Zoo maybe kind of pulled out a bit from the paint when Kristaps has the ball just to spread things out. Um, and I also think Kristaps is really hungry to kill this Clippers team. Like part of me thinks this whole series might be a bloodbath, mostly because Kristaps got suspended and was injured for the, you know, most of the series last year. Yeah, he's he's maybe the the biggest. Well, not the. I mean, Luca is a conundrum, but the right. KP is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the other a, conundrum. A, but really, he is. I mean, he's he's such a interesting, dynamic player, and like who matches up with that? Like very few players, but. 
but again, I mean, I guess the Clippers will do the same with him as it did with what they do with Luca. And you know, whoever's not dogging Luca is gonna, <laughs> yeah. you know, be on, be on yeah, KP. Yeah, now no guard KP. <laughs> yeah, so you know, but like Batum is so savvy, and you know, these guys, you know, Kawhi is Kawhi, and like these right. are elite elite defenders. So, um, should be fun. I think the small ball is going to be great. The small ball defense on the Mavericks is going to be really interesting to see. Like if, you know, Batum, Mook, Kawhi, PG are all out there with who, who I mean, one of us at the fifth spot, like the defense is still going to be really, really damn good. Um, other than kind of Tim Hardaway, which I think is kind of everyone's favorite pick for like the other Mav that could beat us. Will and Miriam, who are you guys worried about kind of on the tertiary end of the Mavs roster? I'm just oh, right. my. very true we saw it last year (laughs) it might not be much different (laughs) uh i'm i'm curious what the mavs are are gonna be able to get out of josh richardson and jalen brunson in uh in the non-luca minutes uh and i think that that could either be a huge asset for the clippers if they're able to really convincingly win those minutes or uh if they're not i think that you know that's it's going to be a much more difficult challenge against the mavs um, you know, Richardson has had his ups and downs shooting, but, you know, was at one point considered a really great three-point shooter. Um, uh, and, and Brunson is like a, a player who like, I mean, I know he's not really in the six man of the year, uh, conversation, but I mean, he is a Could really be. interesting, yeah, yeah he's yeah. a really interesting for guard off the bench. Um, yeah. so I, I think that those are two guys that I'm going to be watching. And then, uh, I mean, I guess maybe JJ Redick, I really don't know how much they're going to, how, big his role is going to be um just with his defensive uh liabilities as well as i mean he's had a really inconsistent shooting year as well yeah i mean uh, yeah richardson jalen brunson i mean brunson's been pretty good against the clippers this year right and yeah. and as has yeah so well and and richardson too right i think he's averaging like more than 10 points a game against well, them, so. but of it's course they scored 100 and, yeah <laughs> like, they, they did score 100 and you know 60 points against them or whatever it was but i think two games have a combined uh the clippers in two games have a combined like minus 76 point different like that's what's so hard about looking at the series too is the matchup data is useless yeah it's all warped yeah (laughs) it's so warped um i'm gonna be interested to see how much clip i feel like the clippers zone pops up randomly and anytime it pops up it feels like it kind of gets the clippers back on track it's ever used as kind of the primary thing because, I mean, I don't think it should. But it'll be interesting to see how much or if the zone comes into play in this first round at all. I hope we don't see it because that usually means things aren't going very well. But <laughs> I like that Tyloo's not afraid to make adjustments. Yeah, yeah I think I, it'll – Go ahead, I, I was just going to yes, say – I, I agree. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think that it'll depend on, like, how how the Mavs are shooting, though, from outside, though, too, right? Because, yeah. like, if, if they're having down shooting nights – uh, but we can't, you know, stop attacks to the basket. I, I don't know why you wouldn't maybe lean, in, lean into a little bit more zone um, just because you have a little bit more freedom to not get burned. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it will depend. Like like you said, I mean, I, it's in no way going to be a primary thing. It might be a bad thing if we see it at all. <laughs> but, I mean, it is just another look that they can use defensively. I guess I, I'm kind of curious about uh, both of your thoughts on this too. So, I mean, pretty clearly we kind of cherry-picked this matchup. Uh, I guess I was a little bit surprised because of how well we had defended Damian Lillard in the regular season. Do you think that 
there's something that Ty Lu saw, whether it be from last series or it's, I don't know that you could glean anything from the regular season matchup, but that he thought that they would, you know, they would have a Luca stopper or they would be able to neutralize him in some way. I don't, I don't think so. No, like, I don't well, think a Luca yeah. stopper is like a thing. Like. <laughs> Cause I'm just wondering, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's just interesting to me that like of the two matchups that you could have had, I mean, you know, the trailblazers are picking up from where they were. Um, and you know, if fully healthy, they'll be a, a better team than they were in the regular season. But we just yes. kind of knew what we were getting out of that matchup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm just a little confused, like kind of why we altered course on that. Yeah, I mean, the Clippers have looked good against the Trailblazers generally for a couple seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And, and definitely this year. Um, yeah. I mean, and obviously Dame is, you know, is a, is a like walking dagger in the playoffs, but like, it, you know, the Clippers match up well against them. So you would have, yeah. you would have thought that that would be like cool to do that. But, um, <laughs> but, but I don't know. The Clippers had their own. <laughs> philosophy clearly yeah just another classic tyloo p- weird playoff thing we've already got the first one which was settling for the mavs as opposed to trying to play the blazers so there's the first adjustment that no one expected um coming up we're gonna be talking just general playoff talk uh what can the clippers can do to cement their contender status maybe the early start time affecting things but before we get into that will if i have uh expendable income where can i use it to perhaps wager on sports you should definitely bet online. You got to check out betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over. College basketball, long over. But the NBA, the NHL, and the MLB are all in full swing. Also, the WNBA, you can bet on that. But BetOnline oh, yeah. doesn't just cover sports. They also cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and prop bets on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus that's on top of your first deposit. Use promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now that we've bet, where can we get fed, Charles? <laughs> well, if you need to eat something, you should check out Built Bar. Uh, the new improved Built Bar is just incredibly somehow more delicious than before. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut. For those of you with allergies, they're looking out for you. Uh, The six new flavors are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. We, of course, can't forget birthday cake and coconut brownie chunk. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew, so if you have fake teeth like me, it's just kind of something you don't have to worry about, which is nice. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, the good highs, the good lows. They're great for the keto diet. Another good flavor, coconut almond. Pretty classic, 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and just 5 grams net carbs. Right now, while supplies last, this is a limited drop, uh, a free cooler with purchase. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That is all capital letters, one word, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, so we're back and we're just kind of talking general playoff stuff. Uh, I guess to start out, Miriam, what do you think the Clippers can do to cement their contender status? Is it just a matter of winning or uh, what? (laughs) Decisive winning? (laughs) What are the Clippers going to have to show for it to be more than like a a prove-it team? Hmm, that's such a good question. I mean, 
just besides winning and winning convincingly, I mean, that's, that, that, would, <laughs> that would do the, it. Yeah. That, Not that, would, that would do over. it. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, of course it's easier said than done, but yeah, I mean, if they, I, for sure, if they come out and, even if it's like, I mean, not that it would, you know, not that you could be expected like to sweep the mouse, but if they win, if they win the series in five, right? You know, and they take care of business, and then you go, oh yeah, these, because when the Clippers look good, they look like, you know, unstoppable. They should be contenders. Yeah. I just think so. of that last five minutes against Utah with that small ball lineup. The, mm-hmm. It was like the only glimpse of it we saw, and I think Tyloo was like, okay, this is too good. I can't let other people see this. That mm-hmm. to me was when I was really like, oh yeah, this team can definitely, this team can win a championship. So yeah, I, I mean, think, yeah, oh, no, yeah I mean, it's one of those things where you you know it when you see it, and and yeah, and you know when you don't. Bad <laughs> um, too. Yeah, I I kind of think this series is going to be a nightmare. Like we we asked Clippers fans on Twitter, we did a poll, and like overwhelmingly they think it's going to be over in five games. But like, I'm not going to be shocked um, if this goes six. Law Murray thinks it's they're going to lose in seven. <laughs> like. I don't know if it's going to go that far, but I'm not, I will not be surprised if this goes six games and like, and it's a hard six games. Cause last year I there were some so. wonky ones. Like we won by like mm-hmm. 20 and like KP was suspended, but well, how many games do you think this goes five or six? Where are you at? It, so to me, it's all going to be about these two opening home games. Uh, if it looks convincing, then I'm st- still confident we can do it in five, which is the fewest games uh, we could possibly mm-hmm. do it. A sweep would, um, I would lose my mind. Impossible. Something horrific has to happen for the yeah, Clippers to sweep. It's, it's like impossible. either a Maz guy gets hurt or a horrible cataclysmic world event, because that's the only world that the Clippers would like play well in right like when an asteroid hits or something like, but if I think, we, yeah. well if, the pandemic didn't help them so i don't know yeah if that's, that's true <laughs> if we split good point. I, this will be if, the clippers if, year if we end up splitting those first two home games i'm becoming immediately worried about it going seven um yeah do you just, do you care which game like if we were to split would you be more concerned if we lost game one or game two doesn't matter um doesn't matter if we lost game one i guess i would maybe be willing to write it off more to an early start time uh but but, i mean i i don't know like i i think that it's difficult because guys are going to have some rust from not playing in the last couple of games plus a week off um and then you know new guys returning to the lineup so there there certainly is a lot of variables but i mean the time to two things up is is kind of over uh so yeah if if they don't if they can't take care of business in those first two games at home uh i'm gonna be pretty worried about it. it it's gonna it's just gonna be a long series i just don't i i don't see us being able to put away two in a row in dallas um at all and so yeah it gets no it gets shot at two difficult. in a row in dallas i don't think so no I, I don't think so ethan smith had a funny take he was on our podcast yesterday he was like dallas is gonna let so many fans in i <laughs> think they don't care <laughs> I, know, I read somewhere yeah they're gonna have like sixteen thousand or something i don't i don't know Some, it's like i saw that somewhere i don't know after done i'll double check that before just I... more good decisions from the top by uh mark cuban um, what's staples capacity at for the playoffs do we know do we have a number i think it's I gonna know. be the same uh well they're doing um vaccinated sections now so like you right. can sit not socially distant so they can get they're gonna get more people in than they have been but i don't think it's like you know not, not 16, like half of, yeah <laughs> i don't know if that's exactly the number i feel like i read that somewhere but um yeah I shouldn't have said it out loud before I don't. <laughs> I recently, so I actually, I just went to my first Dodgers game of the season and we, I went with a bunch of vaccinated people and we sat in the unvaxxed section because you mm. get space. You mm. get 
two rows on each side of you open mm. like they close it off and then like it's so yeah. funny because in dodger stadium there's like all these space and then there's just like one section where everyone has to sit next to each other and you're like that kind of looks worse <laughs> like, this is a very good point yeah yeah why like, would anyone volunteer yeah <laughs> to be closer it doesn't make sense um, that's the hack that's the hack is just to to sit in the un, definitely in the get vaccinated section. but then sit in the unvac section um how do we think the vibes are because there's been there's been more talk about vibes from Lawrence Frank and Ty like everyone on the Clippers just learned that word um <laughs> it feels like this feels better than last year and I think maybe it's because I'm looking through not nice colored glasses at last year um because we know what happened because it was horrible but even before the horrible stuff happened I feel like Clippers fans have to believe in Ty Lue more we've seen adjustments like how do you guys think this is feeling compared to going into round one last season? Well, it looks, I mean, I, I don't know. The team just, to me, the composure looks a little bit different. Um, I, I guess it's like hard to quantify vibes, but there were just a lot of times last season. True where, words have never been spoken on this podcast. If, <laughs> it, if the Clippers were down late uh, in a game last season, I mean, just the body language that you would see in the huddles and stuff, like it fell over. It looked over. Um, and I, and I think that there's, at least from what I've seen, it, it seems different this year. It, it seems like, uh, the team is like together and we've, we've heard from Batum kind of talking about how everybody kind of calls each other out and they've created an environment where like people aren't taking that personally, In a good way. Yeah. uh, which, which I do think was a bigger issue last year, uh, that people kind of took some things sort of personally. And I, I think that. I mean, it showed, on the, it, it, yeah, it, it showed on the court uh, and it looked a little disjointed, but I, I think there's like definitely a better composure to this year's team, um, despite, you know, finishing with a worse seed and uh, still, you know, having the same sort of continuity issues and lack of reps and, and everything basically that they had last season. Um, for whatever reason, like the mood and approach does seem to be improved. Mary, what do you think? I don't disagree with anything you guys are saying. Um, however, I do think that going into last year, I mean, there was the pressure of the Clippers had sort of anointed themselves, you know, contenders and had were you had it were at a really exciting point in the franchise. And I think this year there was so much pre- a different kind of really heavy pressure on them to sort of redeem themselves yeah. after last year. Um, and it, you know, started with PG, of course. Um, yes, so it, does. it 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 will be interesting to see how that affects them. Um, I think having Ty Lue in charge and you guys talk about vibes and sort of composure, like he, he is that guy. He is the composure guy who that's, he takes that so seriously. He really wants to sort of exemplify that um, for his players. And they all talk about how it works and how he's so chill and calm and it makes them not so stressed. Um, yeah. So um, I think that would be a, big thing and I mean obviously his, his track record in the postseason will go a long way um for sure so I, I think that yeah they they're they are built better to withstand that but there is a really big you know <laughs> weight on them none of us <laughs> yeah yeah I mean unless we forget Ty Lue is the mastermind behind these salmon polos in the bubble so I think I think we can all be pretty psyched that uh we're in good hands there and then finally while we close this out is the early start time actually going to hurt the Clippers? Do we actually believe that? Is it a meme? I kind of actually believe it. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a real worry. Will, I, you're shaking your head. Yeah. I mean, I don't have the numbers right in front of me on noon games, but it feels like we lost the majority of them. Uh, so I, I don't think that it's 
I don't think that it's great. Uh, I'm hoping that it helps though with so much time off just from the last game into this one. But honestly, sometimes I feel like more rest kind of hurts the Clippers, uh, especially this season. Like you look at how great we were in the second night of back-to-backs as composed as compared to like when we had like three plus nights rest. Um, so that's a little worrisome. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to get too superstitious about it because it, I mean, I have no control over it, but it's, it's less than ideal. That's a perfect way to put it. Um, Well, that about wraps it up. We've discussed the early start time. We've discussed offense and defense. Um, I'm confident Clippers are going to get this done. Miriam, you seem pretty confident in the Clippers. You called them a juggernaut, so that's always nice to hear. Um, (laughs) Thank you for so much coming on the show. Where can these fantastic listeners uh, digest your content? Uh, Come on over and visit me on the Twitter, I guess. It's, uh, you can get my links there. It's at Miriam Swanson, and it's spelled funny, at M-I-R-J-A-M Swanson, S-W-A-N-S-O-N. Um, or you can go to ocregister.com slash Clippers, and all those stories will be there for you. And please read them. Yes, please read Absolutely. the OC Register. Miriam does fantastic work covering the Clippers. It was so great to have you on. Thank you so much. Thank um, you guys. You guys are the best. You guys are doing such a good oh, job. Oh, we uh, well, get out of here. Stop. We do our best. Um, Friday's episode, we're doing a crossover with Locked On Mavs to get you fully ready for round one. They know more about the Mavs than we do. Uh, of course, that matchup beginning at 1.30 on Saturday. Maybe a Love Mary quarantine. Not really sure what the vibe is over there on that podcast. We'll fill it out. And then, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland. Will, where can these people perhaps find our content? You can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. It works hands-free. It's great. As we mentioned up top, we come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. We'd love to have your listen. We absolutely would. I have been Positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you.